So a little bit of an announcement for everyone, including my co-hosts, uh, who have, I don't think, any clue what I'm about to say. Uh, apparently, this here podcast, this here live stream, which is also a podcast, is in the top 1% of podcasts in the world in terms of downloads. That's weird. Welcome to the Pete the Planner Show. One of we're we are the one percent. Oh uh, my! Um, hey, Brian Pinkins makes it in on time today. Look at that. He's usually a couple minutes. He's working. He's doing his things. Hello, hello, Danza. Hello, Andy. Uh, yeah, top one percent. Dame, how does that strike you? I mean, it's just because we've been around for so long and we've had so many shows, right? I mean, it's just an aggregation of everything. Now, I have a theory here. Hello, Jason. Good to be with you. Here's my theory. When we first came uh, uh, out with a show years and years ago, and by we, it was just me. Um, show was okay. It's fine, right? Our show is fine. Like, uh, it's a, I like it. Works for me. Who cares? But what has happened, Kristen is that there have been thousands and thousands and thousands of terrible podcasts that have come out. <laughs> so many terrible podcasts that we have failed up to the top 1% of downloaded podcasts in the world. Yeah. So we're thanking other people for their failure. We're not yes. celebrating our success. So here, Dame, I want to say this out there to everyone right now. If you are thinking about starting a podcast, go ahead. Please do. <laughs> Because it's going to suck <laughs> and our ratings are going to go up in terms of the scale. So right now, if you've got an idea, you know, typically, Damon, you know, the formula for a lot of podcasts, two white guys talking about stuff no mm -hmm. one cares about, right? Go do that. Go do that. And we'll keep climbing the charts. We're going to be in the top one tenth of a percent soon. And by the way, Jason missed the beginning for those that had just missed at the beginning. We are the top 1% of all of the podcasts in the world in terms of downloads. It's top did you get 1%. Like, did you get like a little email or a little I did. black? You really? I, I did get an email, <laughs> but it, it, it's a long story that's not worth going into. But it, I believe it because I started thinking through it and I was like, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you think about it, I think I have been part of five or six podcasts myself. And the other ones that I haven't been a part of or haven't hosted, they probably suck too, you know? Would you have given up on the podcast if Kristen and I hadn't have joined you at some point? It was just you doing it solo at this point. Well, I, so I don't think a lot about this. Okay. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> but I would say this. I enjoy 10 a.m. on Fridays every week. I look forward to it my chance to talk to both of you uh, in just sort of a, a relaxed, fun way. Uh, but I don't really think about this a lot. Uh, I, I don't think a lot about the radio show. I, I do enjoy the live stream. I, well, I really... We know. You know, <laughs> not the radio show. No, I don't. I don't. I, 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 love, I love the community we've built here. That's a lot of fun, getting to know the likes of Rochelle and Rick, Big Rick Swank and Jason and Andy and Danza and Jameson and pilot jeremy and everybody else that's fun but i just don't think about it it's just a good outlet but anyway top one percent not even trying so um if you've got a good podcast idea that is really good and you have a, a modicum of talent don't start a podcast <laughs> however if you suck which is likely and it's a terrible idea please start a podcast thank you right dame Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> Weren't you two about to start a podcast? It's a private one that just kind of. Yeah. Please do. Please go right ahead. <laughs> it's, Have at it. It's not going to get <laughs> put out like on like that. iTunes or anything like that. It's no, no. Be... Do it. I support it. <sighs> I bet if Kristen and I started a podcast, there will be a number of crossover listeners from the Pete the Planner show to whatever we would officially whatever. title it. I'm a big fan. Um, you're big something. Big, big Rick Swink says. I just get annoyed when my listening to the live stream gets interrupted by work. Fair. That's fair. Oh, uh, so I was in a grocery store in Grand Rapids, Michigan, this week, and it looked. I don't know why I went in. I was with Aqua Greg, and uh, I see this impressive bourbon counter. And I'm thinking, you know, we've got a coworker, Chad Force, who loves bourbon. And I thought I'd go look and see if there's something interesting to bring him back. And it's this 
it's it's interesting. It's a liquor counter at a grocery store, but it's it's to the ceiling. Like you needed a seventeen foot ladder to reach the top row, and and it wasn't just decoration. That's where their back stock was. So you actually that stock where so you'd have to climb the ladder. And this lady comes over to help us, and uh, she's old. I don't I don't know how to dress <laughs> that one up. She's old. And uh, she walks over. She's like, can I help you? And then in this moment, I'm like, I'm about to be an accessory to a workplace accident. If I ask this woman to climb the ladder, her name was Joy. And I said, uh, Joy, um, so I've been thinking about these. I was like, Joy, do you get worried about climbing that ladder? And she goes, nope, I got big hands. <laughs> Good for Joy. And I just look at, I look at Aqua Greg and I was like, what? She's like, nope, I'm pretty good, but I got big hands. It's like, Joy, I'm not sure you know how ladders work. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like big hands ain't going to do it, pal. Uh, so anyway, we left. We didn't kill Joy, and uh, Chad didn't get any whiskey. Mm. Wow, that's not how I expected that story to turn out. <laughs> no, we didn't kill anybody. Uh, I will note this, though. Uh, we were driving from Grand Rapids to Troy, Michigan. Just straight across the street, you go through Lansing and Flint, and we see this billboard on the side of the road offering 5.25% on a checking account. What? Yes. Yeah. Sounds like a scam. I almost wrecked the rental car. I was like, what? Because I don't care. I'm not going to do it, but I I know you guys love that stuff. So I was going to come back. I couldn't get the name of it. There had to be all sorts of caveats to that. Oh, there had yeah. to be asterisks, asterisks. Let's see, 5.25 checking. <laughs> we go Michigan, Michigan. All right, what do we got here? Oh, ooh. Genesis or Genius Gene, Genesis Credit Union, Genius High Yield Checking Account with Debit Rewards, 5.25%. Yeah. Okay, let's look for all of the. Where's all the small print? $15,000 minimum balance. Oh, oh, here it is. Here it goes. No yearly fees, no minimum balance, and you get debit rewards. What? Where's the asterisk? (laughs) Oh, okay. Hold on. Here we go. Annual percentage yields designated as APY must enroll in e-statements, okay, and use your Genesis Debit MasterCard at least 10 times per month for purchases of $5 or more. Fine. Excluding ATMs. Fine. To earn 5.25% APY. Okay. Introductory rate drops after... No, no. Stand by. No, okay. Balances <laughs> over 7,500 will earn 0.05 APY. <laughs> the earned per year amount shown is calculated by a full year at the account balance amount selected in the slider. So wait a second. There's a maximum balance. Yeah, maximum that they'll pay on that. That's interesting. Come on, Genesis. And you have to use your debit card 10 times for more than $5. I probably haven't used my debit card for more than $5 10 times in like the last quarter. Here's what's on the show this week. Uh, A really great home improvement question. Oh, I have a home story. Then an EV question that we waited to answer until Dame came back because Kristen and I, I don't know. Then Kristen's got a game for us in which we're all going to insult each other. Then a great biggest waste of money of the week that is meant for Dame and the news. Quickly, a home story. Dame, my neighbor put their home up for sale last week and it mm-hmm. is sold. Oh. Yeah. And it's and their home is is incredibly comparable to ours. Mm-hmm. You know, my taste has ours possibly slightly uh, <laughs> higher price, but whatever. It yeah. doesn't matter. This thing sold... For $80,000 more than I had thought my house was worth. Did they? In, I, in two days. Did it get like what they were asking? Was it, did they go over list? Do you have any idea on that? I'm finding out the pending has it, the pending listed in the, in the system at 80,000 more than I would have thought my home was worth. Wow. And so now I'm like, what do you I don't know. know. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not like anything. Why we could sell our house and yeah. go nowhere. So. Right. And go get one of those sweet 6% mortgages. You'll just have to look it up on your county's assessor website when escrow closes, and then you'll know for sure. We could all look it up. I could could look it up and share it with you, Kristen. (laughs) Because we can do that. 
<laughs> All right. So let's do a show. Let's get the supplies ready. Uh, well, that's good. You just passed an infosec thing, Dame. Did you see that? I did not. No, you you mute your exec channel slacks during the show. I mute all my slacks during the show. This is why I'm a mess. You guys, I had some pretty good jokes on stage this week. I have to admit, <sighs> pretty good don't, ones. Don't tease us like that. No, they were good. I they 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 contextually they wouldn't matter here and they wouldn't be funny in redelivery, but they were pretty good. Okay, I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one. I go about talking about how financial anxiety is very real, and even I get financial anxiety, and it typically happens, you know, uh, 10 seconds before I think I'm about to fall asleep, and then my eyes shoot open and my legs shoot out, and for the next 45 minutes, I create conspiracy theories about my life, right? So that's a normal line I give when I'm speaking. (laughs) But I was staying at a nice hotel, um, and a lot of people at the conference were, and they gave you pillow spray complimentary within the room this smelled like lavender. And so as I delivered the joke, I said, but at this time, as you know, there was lavender pillow spray. So now I'm in financial despair in a lavender field. And then that, that ended up being funny. Nice. Um, I have to, what my favorite scent is lavender. I love it. I want to bathe in lavender. I want to smell like lavender. I want, it makes me feel calm. Anybody? I think I, think I prefer vanilla. Really? Yeah, I would want baked I, goods. I see. Yeah, and okay, good point. Kristen, favorite <laughs> smell? I can't do lavender. When I lived in a hotel, I had like a lavender spray just like that. Yeah. And now, when I smell lavender, I think about living in a hotel. Is your answer beef? <laughs> oh, <No. laughs> hi, Jameson. Uh, good to see you. Good to see you. All right, uh, let's do a what's this radio show? The one I don't care about. Yes. <laughs> the one I never think about. Oh, top 1% didn't even try. Great. <laughs> I love the success of that because it had nothing to do with my effort. It had all to do with other people being terrible at broadcasting. Not We're one less than else. Are you, just we? Kept, you just kept showing up week after week for 60 minutes. Yeah. Read the reviews. They're terrible. It doesn't matter. <laughs> people keep listening. <laughs> it's about perseverance. Okay, here we go. Um, oh, I do have a story during the break. Okay, in three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. Email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com, and here's what will happen. We'll probably read your email in the air, and I'm about to do so from some loyal listeners. Joining me, as always, is Kristen Alanius, Director of Education at Your Money Line. Hello. Hello. Damien Dunn, no relation. We've checked. Thank God. Uh, Vice President of Advice at Your Money Line. Hello, Dame. Good day. Dear Kristen, Dame, and Pete, it's time to renovate our kitchen. We have a number of funding options. Okay, so uh, time out. How many timeouts do I get, Dame? Uh, Two per segment. Okay. So, Dame, this is my first timeout. I'm going to make it a 20. Um, I love this question. It's one of my favorite questions because I feel like we can fundamentally help people in with these sorts of questions because they're rife with mistakes potentially, okay? So we have a number of funding options, cash out refi, HELOC, emergency cash plus non-qualified investment sales, and cash value whole life insurance. For discussion, when is it con- uh, conceptually better to take cash from an emergency fund, non-qualified investments, and or whole life cash value in order to pay for a renovation upfront versus to take out a loan as loan interest rates move closer to historic investment returns. Is there some break point or is compounding plus time horizon just too great of a force to overcome? Understandably, the answer is it depends. So here are some specifics to chew on. We currently owe $144,000 at 2.25%. <laughs> an estimated value of $325,000. We expect to live in the house for at least 10 more years. Uh, We have six months of emergency savings, $45,000. And our only debts are the house and two vehicles. The whole life policy is a cash value of $50,000. We are 15 years from retirement with enough currently invested, one and a half million in combinations of Roth, 401k, and non-qualified accounts to live comfortably when that time comes. We are generally debt averse, so this is a little more emotional than it is just running the numbers. The proposed refi rate is... 
6.5%. So it feels like a no-brainer in this case, but it's hard to give up our current 2.25 loan. There's always the option to refi again in the future, but it will likely not stay in the house long enough for that to pay off. If we could pay for it all or a portion of it through a combination of temporarily reducing emergency savings, selling investments, losses, or tapping life insurance, when does that become the better options? Thank you for your show, Greg and Susan. I love this question so much. I have uh, I have very strong opinions on this. Uh, do either of you have strong opinions? Um, I, I, I'm <laughs> I see the, the six and a half percent proposed refi rate and know what they're currently paying, and then I see the word the phrase "no brainer" thrown in there, and I'm wondering if I'm missing something. I think they meant it wrong. I, I think what I I think they're saying the six and a half percent rate is a no-brainer to not do it. Okay. Kristen, did you take it that way or did you say that the no-brainer was to refi at 6.5%? But then they said it's hard to give up our yeah. two and a quarter percent loan. Yeah. I know. So I'm so glad we're here together. <laughs> <laughs> they can't move ever. Like, okay. they just have to keep the two and a quarter forever. That's okay. that's the answer. Okay, so let's let's cover the non-starters here. <laughs> like, let's just cover the, the things that we just can't do. Number one, with... Uh, 15 years left in their career, I think doing a cash value withdrawal from their life insurance is a bad idea. I think as you move on from your work career and, and you need life insurance coverage, permanent coverage, diddling with your coverage uh, that close to retirement with very little time to pay it back, in my opinion, doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, Dame, uh, strong opinions there? Uh, not as probably quite as strong as you, but I, you make a very compelling point that that would not probably be in the the top couple choices for them to to try and find some cash. Kristen, I didn't feel strongly about it, but hearing your argument, I'm like, yeah, I I agree with that. I think people get really willy nilly about their life insurance cash value in situations like this. And they don't realize that, yes, it's nice. The, the, the tax ramifications and the, the ability to borrow and th those are all neat. But when it really comes down to it, when you're in retirement and there is a death, you need the reliability of life insurance to be there. And if you messed with it for some subpar reason, <laughs> I don't like it. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing is, I think we all agree on this. You can't possibly get rid of the 2.25% loan. No. You're almost forbidden from listening to the show again if you do that. No, the, the only potential argument I would see is if they convert into a 15-year mortgage and still have be on track to pay off. They won't, though. Uh, I know that, but okay. I'm just saying that's the only potential <laughs> argument I could see. Do you have the loan? Do you have the uh, the financial ca loan calculator on your phone that you can do this while we're, you know, at some point in the show we can report on it? Uh, yeah, I can. Do you get to work? Kristen and I will carry the segment. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> uh, Kristen, so I, I, I've ruled out cash out refi. I yes. can't do that. It gives me hives. It gives um, me anxiety, no. I will say, here's the weird thing. Let's flip it. And let's say that, I don't know, I'm making stuff up. Six years from now, let's say they had a 6.5% mortgage right now. And six years from now, they could cash out refi for 2.25%. Let's go. <laughs> do it. <laughs> but the opposite is like, no bueno. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not opposed to a HELOC here. I don't love a, a home being a piggy bank, but if it's the piggy bank to improve the value of the home, which kitchen is up there mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the value it delivers, I'm okay with that. Are you opposed to a HELOC, Kristen? I am not opposed to the HELOC. In fact, the HELOC is actually maybe my front runner because they have a good foundation. Otherwise, clearly they're saving for retirement. They have their emergency savings in order. I don't have a lot of reservations about someone who's checking these other boxes, having access to a big line of credit like that. And to your point, it's for a kitchen reno. It's not something frivolous. Might be my front runner. Yeah. And the other thing is clearly these folks can put together a financial plan. They can right. save money. And so I would, I think I would do the HELOC and then aggressively pay it down because the HELOC, the rate on that is going to be, I got to think 8% or something like that, right? I, yeah. You're not going to get prime plus one, but he primes so high anyway, right? So 
Then my question to you is, they say we're generally debt adverse. So this is a little more emotional than running the numbers. Is the answer, if HELOC is the front runner, comparing that against what your potential loss could be if you had to sell some investment assets and then decide if that opportunity cost is worth the emotional weight of you being debt averse? No, because here's what I think has happened. First off... um, investments are still sort of down, right? Like the idea of selling low is not really what we want to do. Uh, and 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 I, I get the emergency fund, not really selling, you're, you're withdrawing. But here's what I think has happened, Kristen. Debt averse to these folks means they don't want two mortgages. They don't want the first mortgage and then the HELOC, which is a, some form of a mortgage. I don't think they want that. They want one mortgage. And so they feel better about that in spite mm-hmm. of the rate. Uh I think that's the spirit of this, but I don't $45,000 in, in emergency fund. That's six months of savings. That's great. So, so think about this though, for a second. So that's what, uh, $7,000 a month in expenses. Is that what I'm doing the math there? Okay. Uh, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't go down on that because that's just going to need to climb in the next 15 years. Someone at this income level, like to have around a hundred thousand dollars in cash come retirement. So Dame, any chance you got a number for us? Um, There's a a few variables in here that I'm just not entirely sure of, but if they were to refinance the whole thing into, you know, take a whole bunch for a big number, uh, you're probably looking about $1,600 a month in payments is what it comes out to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Greg and Susan die with that 2.25% mortgage. Just they were like, don't ever get rid of it. Coming up after the break, EV electrical vehicles. I know nothing about them. Dame does. That's next. I'm Pete, the planner. Interesting, right? Yeah, I was trying to figure out. I was going to try and back into how much I think they financed when they got their their two and a quarter percent. Try and figure out roughly how much they're making in payments right now. It's got to be a thousand, uh, close to a thousand bucks more a month if they're going to refinance at this point. Eight hundred to a thousand bucks. All right, so I want to talk about something that I I have strong opinions but no expertise in, other than the fact that I've eaten a lot of pizza. (laughs) We were in Detroit. In, in some circles, you have to consider Detroit the pizza capital of the world, and which is so controversial because New York and Chicago, and then you've got uh, Naples and uh, over in Italy. So you got these people like, oh, Little Caesars, Domino's, Hungry Howie's, to say the least. Those are three pizza places which were born, to my understanding, in the Detroit area, but Detroit has its own distinctive style of pizza, and it is called, oddly enough, Kristen, Detroit-style pizza. Really? Have you ever had Detroit-style pizza? I've, I've had a Detroit melt from Pizza Hut, but I'm guessing that's not the same. <laughs> could be. Could be inspired. Dame? I've had Domino's pizza. That's probably as close as I get to Detroit-style pizza because I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Detroit-style pizza is... Um, it is delicious. It is delicious. It is uh, cooked in like a, what looks like a, a steel-edged cake pan. So it's a little thicker, not as thick as Chicago. Uh, pepperoni, cheese, and then dollops of sauce in piles. And it is a square and or rectangle. And you eat them in squares and or rectangles. I think I actually have seen this. Uh, we went to, of course, you know how this goes. Everyone claims they invented some ver- oh we invented the cheesesteak we invented the cob salad we invented radio and it's like no and everyone you come on everyone calm down but this place called buddies rendezvous buddies apparently invented right after world war ii the detroit style pizza in downtown detroit allegedly well, allegedly i watched a six minute video on youtube my hotel room <laughs> smelling of lavender so i know this um and so uh, there was one near where we were staying. So Aqua and I, I'm like, I think this is the move, brother. So let's go. And and much like Portillo's in Chicago, where Portillo's was at one point, theoretically, a hole in a wall, but then became so delicious and popular that they started building really nice Portillo's in a bunch of other places. And it's still very delicious. Buddies did the same. 
So we're in this well-heeled area of Troy, Michigan, and there's a Buddy's Pizzeria. I like to say it like that. Uh, holy cow. Oh, it's good. Phenomenal. Phenomenal pizza, Dame. I'm, I'm looking up uh, Buddy's Pizza locations at this point. Uh, mainly all in the Michigan area. Kristen, uh, do you have a point of distinction between pizza styles that this would excite you? Um, I'm a garlic bread gal, so I'm not even as much in it for the pizza. Well, what if I noted that the texture of good garlic bread could be found in the crust of Detroit-style pizza? That, that, yes. Oh, we were smashing. So what happens is, and they use Wisconsin brick cheese, Wisconsin brick cheddar as the cheese. And so then the cheese like melts into the crust against the pan. And it's sort of, I don't want to say it burns, but it kind of like coagulates and it creates mm-hmm. a chewy. T- <gasps> I'm so hungry right now. Why am I doing this? <laughs> Ooh, there's a, there's a fantastic picture on the front page of their website. Uh, yeah, I can see why you would have enjoyed this. Uh, yeah. Anyways, delicious. Dave, back here. All right, I'm gonna have to show. Tab. Sorry, we're we're gonna need your brain. We're yeah. gonna do uh, an EV question. I don't know anything about like EVs. That, yeah, like that woman at the event yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Not my event. No. Uh, I would also say is Aqua and I are taking a very long drive back from Detroit, getting stuck in traffic. In the horizon, we see an oasis in the form of raising canes, chicken fingers. <sighs> We went and got it, and it changed our life. Yes. There's one just outside, like, Perrysburg, Ohio. Hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it would be from where you were. There's not one in Indy? There's two in Indy, but they're both pretty far away from me. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Not that I haven't driven for food. (laughs) I Uh, want to make sure that all this happened after you got the results from your doctor for all of the... I got my, I went to got a physical, got really good blood results. And there's two ways to go. It's like, wow, let's just keep it going. And the other ways to go, it's like, let's go mess it up with some Detroit style pizza. <laughs> I will note, um, if I die anytime soon, it's not because of my health. Cause my health is pretty good. It will simply be a tragedy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That was funny to me. That wasn't funny to you. Was that uncomfortable? Uh, yeah, a little. That's all right. Though. That was funny to me. Okay. <laughs> this is where I'm like, if Mrs. Planner's listening. Uh oh. Danza says, I have mixed feelings about raising cane. The sauce is magic, but the chicken and fries are blend. Danza. <laughs> like, who am I to take back an award that someone has earned like Danza? But that's a cold, that's a cold take, Danza. It's a cold take. All right. We love you, Danza. All right. Let's start a show. In three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Dame, you are the uh, residential car expert here on the show, correct? I pretend to be, yes. I think you are, right? Because yeah. he is, right? Uh, on the show, yes. I would probably yeah. have to be. I'd on this show? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who dangus about cars. And so, Dane, we got a good question that I actually want to know the answer to, but I don't even know where to begin. It's from Rosie. Hi, Pete and friends. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, Rosie. What's that feel like? Shots fired. (laughs) Well, uh, I'm sort of in the market for a new vehicle, although technically I could continue to drive my 2015 Subaru Forester. With 140,000 miles for another few years. Uh, Dame, I'd like to use one of my timeouts. Uh, uh, granted. Kristen, you may understand this, and Dame, I know you will. Does every Subaru car have 140,000 miles on it? <laughs> Subaru, they love to advertise that I think they have the highest percentage of cars sold still on the road today. So, I yeah, feel like, like every, every time someone I know or hear, it's like, oh, I have a Subaru. It's got 140,000. Yes. Not a single Subaru has less than 140,000 miles on it. Depend, no matter what year it was made. Yes, accurate. Uh, I'm looking at EVs, which uh, Dame stands for? Electric vehicle. There we go. I want to sometimes say electronic vehicles. Do you ever want to say that, Chris? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> which would save us a lot in gas. Yeah, that's how it works. We live in a rural area. Oh, I stink at that word rural area and the forester is a turbo mm-hmm. which takes premium fuel 
but they are also more expensive. I own the Forester outright and have for about five years when I bought it with 140,000 miles on it. I made, <laughs> I made that part up. It's been nice not having a car payment. According to calculators I've used online, I would need to drive a new EV for five years to break even on the purchase price compared to similar gas-powered vehicles. The dealership is giving me a good price for my trading considering the miles. It's only 140,000. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm wondering if I should take advantage of that. If I drive it a few more years, it won't have any trade-in value, but the prices of EVs might also come down. The EV I'm considering is not eligible for the $7,500 tax credit, but the car company is offering some rebates right now. I'm interested in your financial and EV thoughts on this, especially Dame, as he is a car guy. Thanks, Rosie. Kristen, do you have anything to say before we learn stuff? I don't know anything, so please, Dame, take us to school. <laughs> um, the fact that uh, you have 140,000 miles on your Forester means that you're just getting it broken. Why in the world would you get rid of your Forester? This uh, Okay. Uh, Kristen and I uh, had a little discussion around this very topic, and it, it seems like you're you're searching possibly for permission for something you, you don't necessarily have to do, which is not a horrible thing. Heaven knows nobody needs to convince me that it's time to go buy a new car because I generally fall into that myself. But looking for an EV in a rural area, that's how you pronounce it, Pete, rural area. Uh, I don't know. I, I would love to know the use case. How much? Do, how many miles do you put on your car? How far of, is your daily trip? Because it could potentially become almost an inconvenience for you uh, if you're not careful and you're making lots and lots of uh, drives on a daily basis. I might, if I were in your shoes, pursue maybe a, a traditional hybrid vehicle, like a... <laughs> I can't believe in a million years I would ever say something like this, but the new Prius is actually a no. really attractive car. It's really nice, and they've done some stuff with uh, with the drivetrain, and it's actually got some pep now. Uh, the Prius is nice. The RAV4, I mean, you already said it's not eligible for the $7,500 tax credit, so you're probably looking at a Toyota, Tesla, or um, uh, GM. I don't think qualifies for the $7,500 credit anymore. Um or you can go a plug-in hybrid route, which is essentially you plug your car in, you get 30-ish eh, miles on electric before it reverts to gas and then tries to charge the battery and it goes back and forth. But um, I'm not sold on EVs as a primary mode of transportation for people who don't live in a big city. All right. So I, I have things to say, barely thoughts. So I'm not going to say <laughs> I have thoughts. <laughs> Kristen, this is reasonable. I think, you know, this is why we have Dame on the show um, to, to oh. help us with things like this and mm -hmm. uh, to really carry the, the ratings um, as one of the friends of Pete. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I, Mrs. Planner is going to be getting a car sometime here soon to replace her 2008, 2012. Yeah. I don't know. No one cares. I don't uh, and she wants a hybrid, mm -hmm. right? which makes sense for how we drive. That's sort of, we've thought about it. Now our next door neighbor has an EV and um, one of my best friends has an EV. And I just, I feel so tethered. And I also have a hard time thinking you still have increased uh, energy costs at your house because you know, you, you still have to plug it in and, and charge it. Right. So how can how can that be offset over only five years? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, in theory, the the energy that you use to charge it is going to be less expensive than the gasoline you fill a traditional car with. But I don't know. I, I I'm I love the idea of electric vehicles and the technology uh, behind them because you know if you've ever taken a ride in a Tesla, they and just absolutely had somebody mat the gas the, the accelerator not the gas doesn't work that way uh <laughs> it's like a roller coaster on tap they are incredibly fun but it, it, this almost seems like an appliance question rather than a i love cars question to me Ooh, that's fair and yeah i yeah. and i don't know if this is the best use of of um that application 
So I, Kristen, to the original point here, this feels like a uh, a solution searching for a problem. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, the Forester only has 140,000 miles on it. Like, why, why can't we keep driving this paid off vehicle? Yeah, I... I don't know. And let's, and let's be honest. Like uh, some, some folks uh, say, Hey, I have environmental concerns. I mm -hmm. want to contribute in a positive way to climate change reversal. I don't know. Maybe that's what Rosie thinks. And if that's the case, that's fine. I, but, but the financial side of this, I don't know. I'm going to pass. Not for I mean, me. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're going at it from the, uh, environmental side i hope you've got solar panels on your your house because if not that electricity is going to be provided by coal most likely so you're you're really not helping as much as as you think um batteries uh, take a ton of energy and release release a ton of pollutants to to actually get the the, ma the batteries manufactured so it's it's not quite as clean as, as most people might want you to believe what i would suggest uh if if um if you're in this market, genuinely rosy, um, hold on to the Forester. Make the payment to yourself uh, over the next couple of years. Your electric vehicles are not going to come down in price nearly as fast as that Forester is going to continue to depreciate. But just make the payment to yourself for a while and make a better decision, or at least a, a, a more prepared decision, I would say, uh, in a couple of years after you've got some cash uh, in hand. And you can see if maybe a hybrid or an EV might better suit your particular situation. What a great recommendation. You should be on a podcast. The, a top 1% podcast. <laughs> uh, radio listeners, you haven't heard. We were talking about it between the break. Uh, the Pete the Planner podcast is top 1% of podcasts in the world in terms of downloads. So if you want to hear some mediocre... <laughs> radio turned into a podcast go find it wherever you get your podcast Kristen, coming up after the break a topic i think you came up with yes what is an expense that a lot of people accept and indulge in on a regular basis that we individually just don't get you just don't get the appeal you don't get why we'd spend money on that we're all going to make our selections and Kristen's going to insult all of us <laughs> that's coming up next right here on one of the top one percent podcasts in the world the Pete the Planner radio show. All right. Good job, Dame. Pete almost understood what you were trying to uh, get at, Kristen, for the next segment. Oh, wait, did I miss it? <laughs> no, no, no. You did. I thought it was, what do we as a society like in aggregate spend more, not individually? Oh. Well. Is that not the same? No, I, I, what I was saying is like a bunch of people do something and, yeah. and then we all go, yeah, but I don't get it. Okay. Well, is that it? Or I don't want to. Yeah, no, it just seems, feels way more personal when we say it the way you said it. <laughs> oh, you're being a you, coward. Yeah, Make yeah, it yeah. more personal. That's fine. Yeah. Take all right. Dame. All I'm right. ready. I'm ready all to right. throw elbows right now. Right. Yeah, Dame, you know who would take the approach you just took? Someone who not in a top 1% podcast. <laughs> That's probably right. That's yeah. why this exists. This show is in the top 1% because people would typically take your approach, which is a mamby pamby sit on the fence stance. Milk toast, tiptoe. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's that's why That's damn. I, I could never do this on my own. That and we don't have the password to Streamyard. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or know how to edit the show for radio. <laughs> oh, oh, oh big Rick Swink. According to Google, I can't even trust Google anymore. <laughs> um, there are 3.02 million podcasts. Dame, do the math for us. That means we are in the top uh, 30,000 podcasts. Yeah, I think that checks. By the way, Jordan, thank you very much. Congrats on the Best Places to Work Award. And congrats to your organization for Best Places mm -hmm. to Work Award. Uh, at the big ceremony this week in uh, Indianapolis, um, Indiana, your money line of which we are all under the employ. Uh, one, one of the best places to work in Indiana. As I came into the office this morning for the first time in the week, it with the plaque was sitting on our front desk. It made me feel very good about the business that we've built together. So that was very good. Congrats to all of my coworkers. Mm -hmm. Congrats to Oz for, uh, that's Olivia Zur for those in the biz, uh, leading the charge. We appreciate you. And, uh, there you go. Was that my, uh, award speech? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
Sometimes you thank the little people and sometimes you thank the tallest person, which is Oz. <laughs> <laughs> did, uh, did did she have to give any kind of a speech when she accepted or just uh, go? She just had to go get, get a picture taken and and, and flash her million dollar smile yes. and get mm-hmm. pictures taken. If there's anyone you want accepting an award in our organization uh, with with their smile, it's it's Oz. You get the brightest I... smile on the planet. I think uh, Stephen could do a great job too. Yeah, well, whatever. He's no ass. Um, okay, so should I set this up the way I just set this up, or Kristen? <laughs> yes, you, that's fine. Or, or should we have Milk Toast uh, Andrew Dunn do it? No. Milk Toast. Um, I you set, no. You 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 set it up really well. Let's just run with it and get okay, personal and mean. Oh boy. This, you know, the thing is, this is a better topic for the podcast because the radio audience, they're just going to Home Depot. They just turn on something to not listen to road noise. And now they're going to feel judged. <laughs> uh, home improvement's not going to be one of the, the, unless that's what you're going to choose. No, but I'm just like, I'm just trying to get some mulch and 80 no. bags of mulch because I don't want bulk mulch, which is cheaper. Just a little. Oh, anyway, here we go. Three, two. Back on the Pete the Planner show, you know, when we came into the studio this morning, virtually, of course, because we don't like being in the same room together, because I smell of lavender and it sickens Kristen. <laughs> Kristen said, I got a good idea. Let's each choose an expense category that the bulk of society has chosen to adopt as acceptable and fine and a good use of their money. And we independently will give our take here. It's just not something that we get. We're like, I don't get it. I would never spend money on that. Or I prefer not to spend money on that. Kristen, did I explain the topic that you have intended? Did I explain it well? Yes. Damien, is this going to be too hot for you? You got it? Let's do it. All right. Who's going first? I I am, apparently. Okay. So Kristen is about to flamethrow. And by the way, if you're driving around, going to uh, you know hardware stores today, picking up light bulbs and... Spanish moss. I don't know why that came out. I'm sorry. Don't feel judged by this. These are just three opinions. Your opinion's different, and it's okay. It's okay. What I recommend is finding yourself a radio platform and, and giving those opinions on the air. <laughs> that seemed aggressive. Okay. Uh, Kristen, what are people getting wrong? I think that people spend way too much money on their daily driver as in their car i don't get it okay daily driver i thought you were going daily drinker which was <laughs> <laughs> your daily driver so you're saying what you get to and fro from work mm-hmm. uh too much money going into that too much money the average new car payment is like 716 dollars, and i just cannot wrap my head around driving something that you spend so much money on and just depreciating it out super quickly because you drive it so much. It's just the thing that's supposed to get you to the thing that makes you money. Like, I don't get it. Don't you drive a really big expensive truck? But I I don't put a lot of miles on it is what I'm saying. If I had to commute, like if I had moved to Indy and I had to commute to the office, I would have bought something like low cost and made that my commuter vehicle. I would not be putting those miles on my SUV. Can I, I don't have a counterpoint as much as a a question. Okay. What if, and I do mean, what if, um, you drive to work in whatever, what are you like a Saturn GL2? I I don't know. What are we driving here? Okay. (laughs) So it's like a Pontiac Spitfire. No, that's nice. Right. Ideally a Honda Civic. Okay. You're driving Honda Civic. You have an important business meeting you're going to. And? And that's not a factor in any of this? No. Okay. And maybe maybe if you have something really high stakes and you're worried about the reliability, you take it that one day. But I think that if you're someone who commutes, that your second vehicle should, if if that's what you want to spend your money on, Dame, that your second vehicle is the nicer one. I, I wasn't really going about reliability there, Kristen. I was oh. going the appearance of pulling up to a very important business meeting. So vain. In a 15... 15- no, no. <laughs> I don't know. No. I, I mean, I... I, I, I just don't, I don't get know. it. 
I, I don't want to pull up in something ostentatious, but at the same time, I got to pull up in, in something that, that looks thought out. Park in the back. You walked. Dame, you don't drive on a daily basis uh, other than maybe take your kids to school or something like that, right? I mean, not that there's any, you know, that yeah, doesn't I mean, count. But there's there's no commuting, but I I it's rare that I go a day without driving. Uh, Dame, what is your hot take of things that you can't believe people spend money on? <laughs> well, uh, I think people spend entirely too much money on pets. Uh, now this comes from somebody who just spent a lot of money uh on uh, a dog and uh, getting cats that i didn't care about taking care of but that's because my family did wait 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 getting cats taken care of did you put them down like no i didn't take them to the downstairs no i didn't do do it no 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 no. like making sure that they didn't continue to perpetuate the overabundance of cats in the world i got them fixed pete i got them fixed i, I love the cats are just like hey we're gonna get you fixed they're like oh good my knee's been killing me and they come back and they have no <laughs> reproductive organs yeah. it's like oh no through our eyes yeah they're like what about my knee meow what about my knee and it's like no 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 we don't want you to reproduce and it's like what but sir <laughs> That was a cat dramatization. That was not real. That was excellent. Yeah. No, people. I, I think in America, there's like 130 or some billion dollars spent on pets a year, and that's entirely too much. Ouch. Okay. Well, if we're given hot takes that attack Kristen, let me pile on. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> what did I do? I don't know. It just you apparently have an, an objectionable lifestyle. I guess um, concerts. Oh no! I just, I, I just don't get it. I no. Aqua Greg and I were talking about this in the car on the way back. I just, there's so much to not love about a concert. And I'm going to list them. Traffic. That's, I knew that was number one. And part is parking separate, or parking is that is l- lumped two. in? Okay, all right. Okay. Other people. Okay. <laughs> Other drunk people. Valid. And as much as I like the music that I like at the volume I like, I get the feeling that it's just too loud and you can't actually hear the words because the mix is weird. I don't know because I don't go to concerts, but that's my that's my feel. Man, those are like my two favorite things. My what, dogs tra- and traffic concerts. And, oh, I think you say <laughs> traffic and parking issues. Golly. Uh, Pete, I mean, you could... Um... Just make it an afternoon of it and an evening of it and deal with the traffic in the parking, get a little exercise walking into the the event center. And then you could like, you could yeah. go together with some friends and get a suite instead of just seats. I mean, too you're much. too much. Too what, much. What are you talking about? No, I'm going I to just, a concert tomorrow. <laughs> oh, you are? I'm going to one next week. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't. I that th- those are the ones. So Kristen went with daily driver, which is probably the best answer. Uh, Dame went with pets, which is one A, and then my terrible answer was concerts. <laughs> but again, it, I, like I don't think people are silly for doing it. The question is, what do we personally not get? Jeez. And it's just like to my taste, I just I'm not into that. I mean, I could also say hair care products for that matter, right? Yeah, I, I was gonna say, do you want to know what we thought your answer might be? What? cosmetic like, surgeries oh really mm-hmm. or like not even surgery but, oh, but like, like hair stuff like filler and botox i don't know that procedure i suppose um yeah, yeah, yeah. procedures better word th- that's what you guys arrived at what you thought i would say <laughs> that's was what i thought <laughs> you are in caramel that's true there's a lot of that um i yeah that's interesting like i personally wouldn't do it but i guess that's the same thing with concerts i don't know it's a really great question I feel attacked. I regret <laughs> suggesting this segment. <laughs> Do you feel like we secretly like have vehemence towards you based on the two things you just heard, like a, a, a pet owning concert goer? Um, I I don't know how to answer that question. Hopefully not. <laughs> but but based on what your own sister said in the live chat just now, not only did we. Uh, fire shots at you you fired shots at yourself because you have the nicest <laughs> of us it's not a daily driver that's the whole point it's right. the that's only because 
It's the car you take to the concert. Yeah, but it's only because you don't have to drive. <laughs> yeah, it's not a daily driver because you you work remotely. I would buy a daily driver if I had to. You can't claim your golf cart as a daily driver. It Wait is. a second. So you don't have a daily driver. Right. Because you don't have to drive anywhere. Right. But if I did, it would be like a Honda Civic or a Ford Ranger. So wait a second. How many days a week do you get in your car and drive somewhere? I think I got in my car once this week. Okay. <laughs> but isn't daily driver in the, the, the eye of the beholder as to what it means? My eye, apparently, yeah. Your eye with pet dander and really loud concert sounds. <laughs> yes. Coming up after the break, speaking of biggest waste of money, a biggest waste of money of the week aimed right at Damien's forehead. That's next, along with the news right here on the top 1% of podcasts in the world, the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. We're top 30,000, y'all. <laughs> Kristen, I'm sorry you felt attacked. It's fine. We all decide Chris how we... I don't... You guys, what else am I going to spend my money on? But Damien, I kind of... You spend a ton on pets. I mean, how can that be yours when you guys spend so much on pets? I don't like it. I, I wouldn't have spent a penny. <laughs> I wouldn't have spent a penny on any of those cats. It would, well, you know. It was the right thing to do. Probably a total of 25 to 50 cents on those cats, but it. It was the right <laughs> thing to do. No, I Damn. wouldn't have done that. I He's kidding. Have. I'm kidding. That was funny. Um, okay. It was the right thing to do. Greg and I, we rode in the car together for like 12 hours this week. So we covered every topic. Um, and I decided that, never mind, never mind. This is a, <laughs> this is a bad idea. Abort, abort. I am not going down that path. Here we go. Um, oh, oh, oh. Todd asks, did we ever get a response from Dylan for the income guessing games from a few weeks ago? We did. Thanks, Todd. Oh, that's right. We did. Have we disclosed that on the air yet or not? Mm -mm. Okay. Well, let's do that right. Well, do the, the radio people care? I mean, they're just going to get the geraniums. <laughs> they probably don't care. <laughs> okay. So can uh, you guys actually have memories. Can either of you set up what we're dealing with here? Um... Dylan gave us a bunch of details about his financial life. Right. The three of us made wild assertions about <laughs> what we believed. Well, two of you made wild assertions. One made a really good guess. I've got it. Okay. Uh, well, he, was, he was thinking about uh, purchasing some home gym equipment for a, a nice chunk of money, around $4,000. Mm -hmm. uh, but instead of spending it all at once, he could put, put it on a payment plan. And get it paid off uh, over a year. Zero interest payment plan, I believe, uh, for 333 bucks a month uh, for the year or for whatever that ends up being. Uh, and then he gave us some, some details. Uh, they were doing really, really well. Absolutely crushing all sorts of different areas in their financial life. And we decided we were going to take a stab at guessing his income. Now, I would like to note, I have a lot of confidence in this area. I am a carny in my own mind, <laughs> with all due, a carnival worker, with all due respect, car carnival American, who thinks they're really good at guessing this. So I was very cocky, mm -hmm. and um, I guessed, I believe, 175000 American dollars. Yeah. Dame guessed. 250 if I remember correctly. And Kristen, I think you were 285 285 and what we we asked Dylan to email back in, what do you really make as a household? And what did young Dylan say? I don't, don't want to say. No, let's hear it. I, I, I genuinely don't remember. I think it was like, was it, one, it 185 or 190? I think 185. Yeah, it, it, I, I nailed it is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's what I do. I have no other talents. I have nothing else to offer this society. <laughs> That's it. Been dethroned. Okay. Speaking of bad guesses, you guys ready to do Boam? Yes. Dame, I'm really excited about this one. I can hardly wait to see how I'm going to be insulted this week. <laughs> no, I, I this, this is segment. like paying homage to you, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, oh, no. Which arguably is it a flashlight? Knife. Three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner show is 
I'm going to tell you here in a second. It's the Nightcore EDC 27 Flashlight. EDC, of course, stands for Everyday Carry. No law states that a flashlight has to be cylindrical. With LEDs and lithium-ion batteries, form factors are unlimited, including shapes that fit better in pockets. Mm -hmm. The Nightcore EDC 27 features a slim, flat body that doesn't poke, just like Dame, prod or snag when crouching or sitting, along with a clip for securing it outside a pack or pocket. The power switch has a lockout to prevent accidental activation while Karen... And the turbo strobe switch is recessed for the same reason, so there's not a party in your pockets. I added that piece of copy. Did you like that? <laughs> I did. <laughs> An OLED displays voltage, remaining charge, and the output level of the 3,000 lumens beam with a throw of over 720 feet. All right, kids. First off, uh, Rick Swink in the comments notes, because uh, we do a live stream. You can always join us 10 a.m. on Fridays on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter Live. He dislikes flat lights. <laughs> I have no take on flat lights. <laughs> um, Very on brand. You don't? We're letting Kristen guess first because she's the world's worst guesser. Kristen, for a flat flashlight that has all of these amazing features, what would what do you think it costs? $57. Oddly specific. You think it was produced by Heinz? That's a really <laughs> weird guess. Uh, it's a joke for some there. Uh, Dame, you are the pocket illumination expert on the show. All things <laughs> EV. Uh, what do you think? And so that would be electric vestments. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm may or may not have watched a review of this flashlight on YouTube. No. <laughs> Wait a second. You are cheating? No. I didn't say today. I said pr prior. I've, every once in a while, you got to see what other lights you can put in your pants. And this was one of them that popped up. So are you so. constantly shopping for alternate illu pant illumination? No. No, no, no. I, the one, the lights I have now actually have a really great patina on them, but they just don't have uh, nearly the the output or the throw that some of these new LED lights have. Oh, so I'm man. I'm I'm considering uh, upgrading. I've I've never had a flat flashlight <laughs> in my hand, so I don't know what it, if I have an opinion on it now. But uh, this one, this one, this light's going to be eighty five or ninety bucks. It's ninety bucks. Yeah. You have a thousand dollar flashlight in your pocket. Whoa, 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 whoa. Your iPhone is a flashlight, and I will die on that hill. It's also a million other things that you don't use your phone for or that piece of technology for. And if you want it to do, if you want one specific thing to do and do it well, you're not going to use your phone as a flashlight. I caramba. I don't see you as a flat flashlight guy. I, I don't know. I, I probably not. Dame, what's in the news this week? Pete, I'm thinking about becoming a professional whistleblower. Does that terrify you at all? <laughs> yes, it does, as your employer. <laughs> You're uncomfortable right now. The uh, Securities and Exchange Commission said it paid a whistleblower a record $279 million, more than double the previous largest payout of $114 million in 2020. The SEC didn't give many details, but did say that the whistleblower's, quote, multiple interviews and written submissions were vital. Whistleblower awards can amount to 10 to 30% of the money collected by the SEC when it imposes sanctions of over a million dollars. What? It's got to be a bank, like an investment bank situation. I mean, you know, Probably. Credit Suisse or something like that. I mean, Probably. allegedly, I don't know. Yeah. That's a, so look, you always want to do what's right. The dangling of incentive to do what's right in a financial sense. Should that incent you, Dame? I mean, should I mean, or is what's right is right, and what is and what's really right is worth two hundred and seventy nine million dollars? I mean, I, I mean, you're clearly if going to have to go find a new job, so you're going to have to get a little something for the effort. Uh, if, if I can take a line from Caddyshack, but uh, yeah, Kristen, I don't Kristen's, know. Have you ever seen Caddyshack? No. Oh, okay. Wasted is it really old? 
<laughs> oh my. I, I'm just asking. Oh, I just got a text from my daughter that says, hey, dad, have you done the things yet that I requested last night when I texted you <laughs> when you were asleep? <laughs> she my accountability partner now? She is on the way. Oh, we're in the news segment on the radio. She is on the way to Kings Island on a con- a violin trip or orchestra, is that they call it? My daughter is on her way. Actually, she's there now to Cedar Point for a choir trip. So when you have an instrument that is stringed with horsehair, you go further south and you go to uh, Kings Island. Everybody knows that. They're headed in the direction of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. That just makes sense. What else is in the news? If you Other than a- our, our daughter's musical <laughs> abilities. Yeah. Uh, if you bought a Peloton bike in the U.S. between January of 2018 and May 2023, sorry, uh, you should stop using it and contact Peloton for a free repair. The company said yesterday, Peloton found out that the bike's seat post can break while you're riding, which can lead to the worst imaginable stationary bike injury possible. What has two thumbs and ordered their replacement seat post this morning? This guy. (laughs) What? Yeah, I did it this morning. I mean, I didn't get the gruesome injury. I ordered the replacement seat post this morning. But, you know, I did read this yesterday because it came through. They're recalling two million bikes. There were 34 incidents in which the seat post snapped or whatever. Uh, And the severe injuries included one of the most severe injuries, a broken wrist. And oh. it's like, you know, I, I hope your wrist is better. And I don't want people breaking their wrists. And there could be much worse than that. But it's, it's wild to think 34 incidents, 2 million bikes recalled. That's a big loss. And not that this person's wrist is not important. That's not the injury I had envisioned when I thought about seat post breaking. Yeah, so you just like tumble over and you go, oh, no. And you're clipped How, in. So, you know, that's what I'm stuck. saying. I feel like you would like break like your leg because like you're gonna because you're you're stuck to the bike. Well, just like taking your cat to the vet. Oh boy, Peloton fixed this, right, Dame? Was that a callback? Did that work? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, Yeah. he's still salty. It's fine. The conference board released new data showing that 62.3 percent of U.S. workers are satisfied with their job the highest share since the business research organization started the survey in 1987 mm-hmm. what's behind the newfound satisfaction it's not kombucha on tap or yoga wellness retreats or because next friday is hawaiian shirt day no instead it's resurgent employee happiness mainly attributed to hybrid work arrangements job flexibility and the tight labor market that's allowed people to leave jobs they hate for jobs they like or at least hate less but even worker satisfaction has a gender gap. Women are less satisfied overall than men in 26 categories surveyed, including leave policies, promotions, and culture. The biggest gap was in job security. 68.7% of men felt satisfied with job security compared to 61.8% of women. That tracks. I mean, to be fair, there's a couple issues there that are systemic. The fact that women are paid 78 cents on the dollar. I mean, there's going to be some more dissatisfaction there, you know? Hmm. I don't believe the overall number. I don't feel like 60, 60% of the people that I know 60, are satisfied at 62, work. 62. Ah, Wait, you, you think it's less than that, Kristen? Yes, I do. Why? Well, first of all, wasn't it a year ago where no one liked their job? Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's leaving. It's like, so we're at 62% now. We're at zero and now we're at 62. Yeah, it was the, that was the, uh, the big surprise to me. It was that if all of a sudden it seems like everything is swung. We went from the great resignation to, hey, this is great. Well, even mm-hmm. on our show, only 33% of people on the show like their job. It's true. So I do think it's probably lower. You know? <laughs> what? <laughs> What's wrong? Nothing. Okay. Nothing. All right. That's all we have time for. Uh, great show. Uh, the reminding all of those people in the world, we are one of the top 1% of podcasts in the world, which is unbelievable, yet true. If you want to listen to it, go find the Pete the Planner podcast. If you missed any part of the show, it's any good vibes, because good vibes are all that's in the budget. Even for a top 1% show, I'm Pete the Planner. Good day. Uh, yeah, you know, Kristen, again, we're, we're what, 12, 18 months removed from everyone hating the job. Everyone. Right. 62% seems really overly optimistic. I'm just thinking about the people I know. Like, I don't know about you guys, but like when you have conversations with people, like, what do you do? Like, do you like it? And I just, 
I just feel like 62% sorry. I would have loved to have seen these results broken down by age. Mm. Just to see if, uh, if, you know, do younger folks hate their jobs more because bingo. Yeah. Or, or is it people who are close to retirement or is there, you know, what's the pattern here? What do we see? I think it's a sandwich. I do too. Mm, sandwich. Okay. <laughs> yeah. you Quit talking about food. Sorry. Um, anything else? Anybody got anything interesting they want to say before this one percent taps out? I'm not falling for that. What? Because you ask us, and then you say it's not interesting. What? Not no. Go ahead. No, I don't have anything to say. But I'm not falling for it. I'm not going to try and come up with something. Dame, what I- do you have? I thought you were just going to cut her off in the middle while she was talking, and that was just going to be how the show ended. Oh, that would have been much better. That's a 1% move right there. I even tried to stretch my what I was saying out a little bit so you could have cut me off while I was saying it. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm going to get us all t-shirts that say, the Pete the Planner show, we are we are the 1%. What do you think about 1%-er. that? one percenter. One percenter. I'm fine with that. What yeah. sort of swag do the youngs like these days, Kristen? Do I need to get like a Yeti cup that says we are the one percent? Is that something you would like? Uh, no, I'm past my Yeti days. My favorite piece of swag that we have is that. Like, Hold that. I know it's a Yeti, but that's just because I'm cheap and I'm not going to replace it. Like, mm. I'm going to use it. It's perfectly fine. But um, it, that beanie that we got. Mm. Oh, the yeah. That's good. One, that is my favorite piece of swag that we have right now. I like the black long sleeve t-shirt mm-hmm. slash crew neck sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. That's true. That t-shirt that is probably a close second. I feel our rating slipping to one and a half percent right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we should go. Um, no one cares about any of the stuff we just talked about for the last two minutes. I hope you skipped forward and moved on to Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> Stay getting money. Stay getting money. <laughs>